Hi, and a very good afternoon, or very good morning, or good evening, good night, whenever it is you're listening. I'm Rashid Ogunlora, coach, a speaker, author, um, an author of Soul Trader, founder of SoulTrader.biz, and welcome to our podcast series. And today is a first. It's a first. Well, this is the first time I've actually had a guest. Usually I'm just the star of the show, but today we've got two stars of the show. I'm delighted to be here with um, entrepreneur, inventor, BBC Dragon's Den 2015 winner, Thierry Junta. How are you doing? Hello, Rashid. I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm very, very well. And you're founder of Beanblock, Beanblock Yoga. Yes, I am. And you've just won Dragon's Den. You went there, you went there to get investment, and you got investment from Free Dragons. How does that feel? Well, it, it feels great. I, I must say, I did not expect... Um, uh, anything from, from from getting on the show, but it, it, it worked out well in the end. Right, fantastic. Today I want to talk about Fit for Business. You came around here and we were just chatting about, and you've got an exciting event coming up, which will probably have passed by the time people listening to this. But I was so struck by some of the themes that you were talking about there that I thought it'd be great to interview you um, on this theme about being fit for business. And what I mean by that is, okay, what's the business journey going to involve? And how is that you need to be in order to succeed? Because you were just walking us through a little bit about your journey and how you succeeded and you were just planning this talk and I thought I could I could have just imagined myself being there in the audience and it being so so very useful so I I, 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 I imagine I'm just thinking here Terry that there's gonna be all sorts of people listening to this yeah. people are thinking about people are starting out people are already running their their own business and many of them are people like ourselves they're doing things that they're very passionate about many of them may well be healers or therapists some of them may well be into things like yoga and so on part of your background um, and often those people may not always feel that business is for them. Whereas, so I know that you've had to have the business acumen as well as being very true to what it is that you're what you're about. So, um, where should we start? You know, when it comes to for that person who's dreaming of running their own business, imagine somebody who they're wanting to be run a successful yoga center, or it might be any kind of business. Mm-hmm. What for you is the fundamental thing, whether somebody's got a product or a service, that for you is going to be key to their success? I think that's a very good question. I think for me. Um, the most important thing is to be an expert in what you do. Mm-hmm. Do you have the knowledge and experience in the field that you'd like to trade in? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a yoga instructor. I have been teaching for the past 15 years. Mm. And I came up with a great idea, a great product, which is related to yoga. So can you see how there is a, 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 a nice fit between my background mm. and what actually I have invented? Mm-hmm. So I think for me key is having an understanding of the market you are planning to um, uh, develop your business in. It's a really good point. So I think what's interesting about that, you had all the expertise as a yoga teacher and so on, and your product, as classically happens, emerged from you having this understanding of what it is that you wanted to... Oops, there we go. Halfway through. Don't, let's not worry about that. It's a bit of a noise. That's all part of being an entrepreneur, isn't it? I want to talk about then... You know what I want to talk about, Thierry? Another bit that links to me from that, you've got to have the expertise, but then you've got your expertise and that's going to take you on a journey in which anything can kind of happen. What I liked about what you were saying is that you had the expertise in yoga and your product emerged from that, isn't it? Because you spotted things that you thought were missing or things that you think could be enhanced or improved for your... So, So you don't need to be an expert, I presumably, on everything, but you need to know what the core of what it is that you're doing is about, isn't it? So, yeah. 
Yeah, that, that's true. But also what's important is to understand what you're, in my field anyway, what understand what your students need. Mm-hmm. And what your customers need or whoever correct. it is. Right, yeah. And what, what if there is um, a, a gap in the market for something slightly different, mm-hmm. done slightly differently, but that could engage a lot more people mm-hmm. than it is right now. Right. And this is what Block is all about. Right, right. So, w- w- I mean, what's interesting about in your story, in your journey, <laughs> you started off being a yoga teacher, yoga instructor, a lot of success in that. And then through that, a product emerged. Yeah. Developing a product and bringing a product to market is a completely different kettle of fish as well. Is there anything that you want to, at this point, highlight for anyone who particularly is wanting to produce a product and to go on that journey? And, and would you have you experienced it as being very, very different to when you were um, purely... Um, trying to build your yoga practice of classes, workshops or retreats or whatever the things that you would you were doing. Tell me a little bit about that. What, what's different with a product? With a product, I think the most important thing to check you have within you is the mindset, mm-hmm. right? I think when, as a yoga instructor, I, I've always been very dedicated and very passionate and very uh, committed to mm-hmm. what I do. But from the moment, from the moment you start having an idea and wanting to do something about it, you need to have something a little bit more than just the, the commitment you, you put in on a daily basis when you turn in to, uh, to, to teach your classes. Mm. I think you've got to be a lot more focused uh, and, and a lot more driven mm-hmm. to make this, 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 this dream or this idea become a reality. I see, I see. And it's interesting, I like the fact that even though you talk about product, you've got to have the mindset because presumably it's going to take you on a huge journey. So we've talked a little bit about the mindset. What else for you on your journey is key? If you were, you know, if you were, it's almost like if you were designing the the, the ideal kind of entrepreneur, especially somebody who, you know, the, the people who, I guess the sole trader, and I mean by that, the S-O-U-L trader, somebody who's passionate about what they do. And you know what it's like, lots of people who, uh, who are perhaps involved in yoga or therapy or training or or artists and creatives, they are particularly, they're passionate about what they're doing. So the passion bit is there. Um, but but what other ingredients do you think are going to be absolutely key for them? So we've got the mindset thing. Yeah. Um, and, and what else? I think for me, uh, it's the, the org- I call it the, the Japanese mindset, the organized mind that the Japanese um, demonstrate beautifully. Mm-hmm. You've got to be, I think, to, to be able to, to start a new business, you've got to be very organized mm. in your mind, but also all around you. Mm. Um, you know, in my office, I like to, as an example, in my office, I like to have files. They need to be labeled. There's um, th- th- there's a tray for things to do, a tray for invoices to pay. Mm-hmm. Everything has got a place. Mm. Everything is organized. Uh, and I think for me, that's, that's, that's key to 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 becoming a successful entrepreneur you've got to be organized and if you're not then you need to take into uh, account the fact that to become a really successful entrepreneur you will need to develop that skill yeah and i think you're right and that leads us on when we were talking a little bit about your talk you know all the strategy emerges from that because then you yourself are organized isn't it you're organized you've got files and so on you've got an organized mind so then you can organize yourself for this journey that you're going to be on isn't it you know that because you've got to it's almost like you've got to be a step of everybody else or know where everybody else is at. Is that is that fair to say? Yes, it is. Uh, so from, from being organised, then it, it would be easier for you to plan things, strategize, structure, 
and and reach your goals and objectives. Right, on your journey, yes. because um, I guess that the, the the difference between when you were um, a yoga instructor running classes and so on, you probably know what the class was going to look like. You designed it. You might know for a retreat you can run. You know what that's like. You design it. You know what it's like if you're working with a high achieving celebrity clients, the kind of people you're working with. You knew what that would be like and what they wanted. Suddenly, once you've got a a, a, a product, um, uh, the Bean Block, which is a physical product, that whole journey from you designing it to um, um, getting it into stores, getting investment for it, is something that it's really hard to know some of the steps. So, uh, Terry, how did you go about that? And was that daunting, um, knowing how the journey was going to be? Or did you already have a sense of what the steps would be? I'm curious about that. So from when you had the idea, this is what I want to create, how, 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 how did you, you know, how then do you go on a journey that you may not be quite clear about what the steps are? It's a great question because <clears throat> before I embarked on this journey, I didn't know, I didn't know what it was going to be like. Mm. You only know, you only find out as you as you you know you you start working on it really. So I didn't know in advance the the the, the hurdles, the struggles, the dilemmas, the the issues I was going to uh, come across. Did you know? Did you know anything about once you knew that there's a product? Did you know anything about some of the things like, okay, I'm going to need to design this, I'm going to need somebody to help develop it? Because I know that you, because you were organised, when we met, you were already going to places like the British Library's um, Property and Inter uh, Business and, and Intellectual Property Centre. Yeah. You were doing research, you were going along to workshops and so on. So you were already somebody who was very aware that I, there are things that I need to learn, be it about branding, be it about that, be it about that. So were there some elements of the journey that you were aware of and then other things that you then needed to learn? I'm curious about that. Yes, some elements uh, of, um, of work I needed to do, I was aware of. Uh, and that was thanks to my, my, my visit to the British Library. Um, I was, my, my understanding of where I needed to go was, was um, developed there. Um, so yes, I had a, a, a primarily, you know, a, a, I had an initial kind of understanding of what I wanted to do mm. and where I needed to go. But most of it was acquired as I was, mm. I was doing it. As you were doing it. And tell me how much of the vision bit, because I know that when we were talking and talking around the talk, um, uh, there was a moment that you, where you were saying something that was very powerful for me. You were talking about how it's important to be visionary. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things I talk about in the Soul Trader book is what I call the blindness of the visionary. And I, I have a take, you know, Tyrion, I love your thoughts about this in business, that you've got to be at one at the same time, completely single-minded. This is what I'm trying to achieve and completely open-minded. And what I mean by the blindness of the visionary is that sometimes this is what I'm wanting to do, but we're unaware of what people around us might want. Tell me what's your take on that? What was your experience? Did you always have a very strong sense of vision? Because it strikes me that you're somebody who's always got a very clear sense of what it is that you're trying to achieve. So with Beanblock product, did you did you have this vision of where you wanted it to go and how you want it to unfold? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, definitely. I mean, in my mind, it, it is very clear where Beanblock should be. And I've, I've spent a lot of time sitting down, closing my eyes and visualising what Beanblock should look like, mm -hmm. who should be using it, mm -hmm. where we should be, in which country. Mm. And so it, 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 I, I mapped everything. I mapped everything in my head. And, and, and that, that's why I talk about the, the Japanese mind because I've kind of, I've kind of um, developed in my head every single kind of uh, stage of the development of the product and the company. Mm. Um, so if I close my eyes now, I, I, I can clearly see the Beanblock 
being in gyms all around the world, just like I planned it. Mm. So obviously it won't happen overnight, but that is my, my ultimate goal. That is my, 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 my objective, my final objective. And I won't stop until it has happened. Well, that, you know, what you've done there is you've demonstrated what lots of great entrepreneurs have, that kind of thing, that vision. It's interesting, in many areas, sport again, great sports people that will, that will visualise it. My background in singing and performing, we visualise it, we visualise the show. It's, it's sometimes, it, it, some people think, oh, your dream, but it's so key, isn't it? And I love that fact that you've got that idea about what it looked like. You talked about the company, what countries it will be in, the colours, I bet you all of that kind of stuff. Has it, the things that have already happened along that journey, has the vision been really useful? When you look now at the things, some of the bits that have already happened, um, can you reflect and think, actually, that was so useful because that bit was very similar to how I envisioned it? Do you know what? It's really, it's really funny you should say that because most of the uh, things I have planned in my head have already happened. Mm. And that's the power of planning ahead, of... Mm. Uh, of visualizing things. Mm -hmm. So obviously not all of it because there's still a long way to go to get to where I want it to go. Mm -hmm. However, it the visualization has provided me with a, a, um, a support system that I needed to, to, to ensure that I was on track and doing, doing what I was supposed to do to get closer to my ultimate goal, which is having been blocked everywhere around the world. Wonderful. I mean, before we close, there's a couple more questions that I want to talk to you, but I think what you're saying is already just so rich. This thing about the mindset, which is really key, that belief and that focus. And from that, I like the bit that you talked about, the organisational skills and therefore being strategic and, and planning. Um, and the themes that you were talking about there, about then that, that the vision and how powerful that can be again in that mapping kind of process. I want to ask a little bit, because I think that lots of people are listening to this who will be a little bit curious about the whole Dragon's Den experience. Mm. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, what was the thing, when did you decide that you wanted investment? I want to talk about this because some people... Some people listening to this will be lucky. They're never going to need investment. Um, they can fund whatever they need to themselves. Uh, you know, um, they might be like a coach, me, a trainer, lots of things. Yoga teacher may not necessarily need that much thingy because it's mainly ourselves, our skills, and so on. There might be certain costs in terms of materials if you massage them, or whatever it is. But then sometimes, particularly if it's a product, it's a whole different game, uh, you know, uh, bowl of fish. You know, it's a whole different game, isn't it, where there's suddenly huge investment can you tell us a little bit about why did you decide Dragon's Den and what was the whole investment journey like because I think it's something that often daunts lots of people and particularly for the sole trader you know some people Terry who I think are very traditionally business minded okay I'm going to go to the bank or I'm going to here and they want to raise money for their business it's quite it's very natural perhaps for some of them mm. but some people who they're more passionate they've got different kind of values and so on it might be quite unusual why Dragon's Den, when in, and tell me a little bit about that whole investment journey. Great, okay, cool. Why Dragon's Den? The, the, the decision to um, get on the show or to apply to um, uh, get on the show was purely strategic. Mm -hmm. I, I knew that if I, if I was lucky enough to get on the show, um, it, it, would, it would propel uh, my brand uh, to uh, a, a national audience that I didn't have before. Mm. So that was the first reason why I, I thought it was very important for me to get on Dragon's Den. Mm -hmm. uh, the, second, the second reason why I, I wanted to, to appear on the show is because I, I, I understood that I, have, I had already 
gone as far as I could possibly go on my own. Mm. And from that moment onwards, to take my business to the next level, I needed expertise, I needed money that I didn't have. And Dragon's Den was the best platform mm -hmm. for me to, to, to achieve my ultimate goal, which is to take Block. Um, um, uh, to a, a worldwide kind of stage. It's really interesting what you say, um, Thierry. I think it's really fascinating and wonderfully, you know, really wonderfully rich because it could have been that if your vision was slightly different, then Dragonstone may not have been apt for you, isn't it? It may well have been that you may have chose to go somewhere else. But I love the fact that you're so clear and given the vision, it was absolutely aligned to what you wanted to do, what you were trying to achieve, the scale that you wanted to take that particular business. So I really like that strategic thing. And also, I think one of the things I'll, I'll, I'll add be, um, for people who don't know you and so on is what was really fascinating is that you had always been uh, a viewer and enthusiast. And again, it's interesting that you always... you, you I think what's interesting in your case... You were always serious about business, and when you were, you were studying, you were watching. It, can I just ask before we close, is that partly the athlete in you? Uh, you know, somebody, because one of the things that I, I notice when I'm coaching many people who um, are sporty in any way, shape, or form, be it that they're into yoga, that uh, I've got a client of mine who's a very successful hip hop dancer, and I coach uh, um, lots of people who are in around that. The mindset often is is there, and they and often our students, what they're doing, and often the discipline. Are the discipline things that you had to do to master yoga um, and things like that and, and in sport and in fitness, are they very, very useful? Because I think there's such a link. I talk about what I call the um, attitude of an athlete. But were those things very useful for you and have they been useful? I think so. I mean, the, the way I approached Dragon's Den and my, my, my pitch on Dragon's Den was very similar to the way I, I learned, uh, I taught myself yoga. Um, you know, I was at it every day, thinking about it, uh, talking about it, dreaming about it. It was there with me every day. And this is this is how you succeed in life. You know, you've got to live it, breathe it, smell it. Um, it needs to be part of you. Mm, absolutely. I know just before we do close, um, I know that one of the things in the talk that you're giving the British Library, which I'm so excited about, um, is also this theme about the manpower, the people power, that that that, that help, and you touch on it toward the end, isn't it? They'll they'll get certain points in your business so they, where you're going to need on some way level. Um, it might be investment, it might be somebody to be able to design something, it might be people to employ. How have you personally gone about that decision making of the people who you get to help you with the different things? Because I guess you've needed different types of expertise at different times. Would any, actually, let me ask it the other way, slightly different way. What tips would you give to somebody who is out there and they're on a journey and knowing that there's going to be some support, whether it's that they're going to need to hire a team or that they're just going to need somebody to help them with their design? What would be your tips on finding people to help you and how to select the people who can help you? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, obviously, when you start a business, you need you need to involve other people because you don't have you don't have all the 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 the, the skills that you, you require for your own business. So you need to look elsewhere. Mm. You need to outsource it. Uh, and my tip to 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 budding entrepreneurs would be to always look at the most cost effective way of getting the service they require. Um, yeah. So, for instance, I needed a patent lawyer, mm -hmm. and I and I very quickly understood that if I was going to get a patent lawyer in the London area, it was going to cost me a lot more money mm. than hiring a patent lawyer outside London in Brighton, for instance. Wonderfully entrepreneurial, well, and stuff like I like that. I I really like what you're saying. So that really being mindful of cost, being cost effective, and presumably who's the right person with the right skills for what I need? Because again, I like the bit when you're talking back about Dragon's Den. At a certain point, when you knew you needed them, people are. 
whole, you know, a whole different level who could take this kind of thing worldwide. So I guess that's where the strategy and the mindset comes back in, isn't yeah, it? With again, with the people that you pick, because you really need to be very clever who you need to pick. Yeah. Uh, are there any? Uh, um, just finally, I want to ask: Are there any um, particular qualities that you seek out in the people who it is that you choose to work with, or is it more that they've got to have the skills? Are there for many people who are the sole trader? the values and those kind of things are very important to use. Mm. What's your take on that, Thierry? Mm, very, very, very good question. For me, what's most important is the person and they, their attitude, uh, the way they see things. Mm -hmm. So what I do is, for instance, I love working with students. Mm -hmm. Not only students are more cost-effective than hiring already established companies to do the same job, but they are eager to learn. They are eager to show off mm. their skills. They are excited, motivated, passionate. They've got a lot more to offer mm -hmm. than, than, than already established companies who may be a bit more kind of um, uh, tired or uh, complacent mm. when working with you. And because of the expectations I have, I can only work with the best. Mm. So that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody who's got who's got, you know, the X factor. Mm, I really like that blend that you're talking about between then, on the one hand, the person who's aspiring, the student, the person who's on their way and their talent. The thing, again, I'm thinking about it almost through the lens of like sport, the person who's hungry and that they are often then achieve. And then when you counterbalance that with some of the high achievers that you've met and worked with, one last question on that. What's it been like working with um, the dragons from Dragon's Den? Because you've got investment, if I'm right, from three of them. Um, what's that experience been like and has that been exciting and challenging? I know even it's early days even now. What's that been like then when you've got the contrast of the, the student type people who you're working with, engaging with, who are dynamic, but then when you're working with these high these wow. very, very, very successful entrepreneurs and I guess when you're also, and they've achieved many of the things that you might be wanting to achieve or different things, what's that been like? You know, there they, they are, they are very normal people right we we expect them to behave in a different way or mm -hmm. to think in a different way but they're very normal people so for me working with um student product designers um has been equally enriching than working with the dragons mm. Yeah. Yeah, and just different things. I guess it's just different qualities that different people bring yeah, out. Yeah. I really like that. Well, you know, Thierry, I want to thank you so much for stopping by and for sharing your your experience, your knowledge, your thoughts um, so richly here. Um, just to say, um, I'm Rashid Ogunlaru. Um, I'm here with Thierry Junta, founder of Beanblock Yoga. Oh, very importantly, before you go, if people are trying to find you or trying to find out more about Beanblock Yoga, can you just tell um, people what's the best people, best place for people to go? Okay, well, um, first of all, I have a website, so mm -hmm. www.beamblockyoga.com. I'm also all, uh, on all social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, yeah, this is, and obviously I've got a, a personal email address at my website, which is thierry at beamblockyoga.com and I respond to everybody. Well, that really, I was just going to say, that's a really nice accessibility bit, because, you know, some people are like, are they so highfalutin, they won't have, but that's really nice. Well, mm. Thierry, thank you so much, and that's a lovely note to end a soul trader element on, on that personable element, and I was just thinking, just to say as feedback, I'm really looking forward to this talk that you're going to be giving, actually, ironically, at the British Library, well, I'm life, life and business coach partner, because I just thought it was so rich and so generous, because I can imagine somebody on that journey really getting an insight to what you often won't know anything about 
until you actually embark on it. So I want to thank you for sharing, again, just a, just a little bit of those insights here today. Um, for, for you, if you're listening, um, if you're wanting more information about Soul Trader, visit us at www.soul-trader.biz. You'll find podcasts like this on there, or you can subscribe on iTunes. You'll also find a monthly webinar, which is all free, um, all sorts of resources and so on. You can download a free chapter of Soul Trader book there. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next time while I'll be talking on another topic. And who knows, it might be Bebo himself or I might have another exciting guest. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.